0: Welcome to the Millennial Reset Podcast, stories of everyday millennials that are redefining success and happiness, those that have decided to face those subconscious limiting beliefs head on and take the path less traveled to hit reset, stories that inspire you to take the leap to pursue the passions, dreams, and goals of your inner child and not the expectations of society. If you're new here, welcome. You found your people. I'm your host, Peter Goose, burnt-out millennial turned human design and mindset coach, and it's now my mission to create a space to have the conversations out loud around millennial burnout and mindset, and inspire and empower my fellow millennial besties to decondition from the programs that keep so many of us stuck, and rediscover your most authentic identity. Or in other words, the Millennial Reset. And I'm so glad you're here. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Millennial Reset. So we're coming up now on three years past COVID and the pandemic. And, you know, don't get me wrong, right? The pandemic fucking sucked. But I think if there were to be a silver lining to it, I think it was that for so many of us, especially as millennials, is that it allowed us the time to be able to start to pursue like hobbies and passions That, number one, we didn't have time for before. And number two, we didn't really have any hobbies before because work was life and life was work, right? Now, uh, let me just preface this to this probably doesn't apply too much to my essential workers. Y'all were the heroes during that time and you probably didn't have as much of that time off. But I think that coming out of the pandemic even, too, is that I'm seeing a lot more of us that are... uh, having that spark of passion and those hobbies that we discovered during COVID and the pandemic become more ignited. Like people are actually creating new parts of their identity besides the job title, right? So super excited for my guest this week, Ren Taylor. Ren is one of those fascinating stories where she took her hobby, she took the passions that she picked up and magnified during the pandemic and uh, eventually, even after the pandemic, went through a layoff at work, which began to just light the fire and fuel that ignition of creativity even more for her. So super excited for y'all to hear her story. Ren, welcome to the Millennial Reset Podcast and thanks so much for being here.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Peter.
0: Yes, very excited for your story so Ren, um, I start off every podcast episode with my guests, grounding us in, you know, the millennial reset is all about redefining success and happiness and stepping into a more authentic identity. So give the guests a little preview of Ren's identity. What makes you you today?
1: Um, so I would say Ren today is a work in progress. And I think a lot of people might take that as a negative thing, but as a writer and an artist, I think it's something that's super exciting. And it's like this new thing that I'm still creating and discovering and learning about every day. So I'm an artist. I'm a writer, but I'm a hiker. I'm a gardener. I'm a dog mom. I love to cook. I'm married. There are so many parts of me that I'm still exploring and discovering every day. So
0: yeah, work in progress. I love that. And you know, I talk about this too on some of the other episodes. It's like, why don't we always have to define ourselves by just like one thing all the time, right? Why not just say, hey, I'm a work in progress and every day my identity is changing depending on whatever the hell I want to do that day, right? Um, so, Ren, you made this shift from working the, you know, normal corporate nine to five in the rat race to now you are a sapphic romance novelist. Tell yes. everybody a little bit about what you do today.
1: So I write full-time for a living, and I specifically write stories about women loving women. And I guess the reason I sort of got into that, part of my pandemic discovery about my identity was that I'm a bisexual woman, Mm. which I guess I kind of always knew, but didn't come out to myself even for a long time. And so writing these sapphic love stories, which a, I never got exposed to growing up because they just didn't exist. You could right, not buy yeah. a romance novel with two women. But also this opportunity to sort of explore my identity in a way that was comfortable for me and fun for me, which was writing. Oh,
0: I love that. Sometimes it's like by just being able to express yourself creatively, all of the things that are Part of you deep down in there somewhere somehow just begin to bubble up and make themselves known to you, right?
1: Yeah. And I mean, of course, society has a lot to do with that too. And just sitting back and saying, hey, if I am bi, that's like not a bad thing, actually, which I grew up in Ohio in a very warm and accepting environment, but there's Mm -hmm. still that pressure. And especially as it relates to work, it's like, How are people going to engage with me if they know this about me? And how are they going to interact? And so that was a whole nother process of discovery and coming out and talking to people about that. But
0: Totally. Yeah. As a fellow Midwesterner, I resonate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you're doing that now. You're pursuing your passions. You're living a life that is true to your identity. But things were not always that way. Uh, Ren has a story that I think is very similar to so many millennials, where a lot of us graduated college uh, right at the best moment in time at the start of the 2008 Great Recession. So, Ren, take us back. What was your before story all about? What were you doing? What created your identity?
1: So, when I was in Ohio, right when I graduated, I mean, that's not the best place to be in a recession because <laughs> yeah. there is no industry and just nothing. So I ended up working just food service jobs, which I'm sure many millennials can relate to being underemployed with a degree and mm-hmm. a lot of us still are. And then I ended up working in therapeutic horseback riding. And finally, I just got to this breaking point, And I was like, something has to change. And this was in 2016. I'm the type of person that makes massive changes when I see something has to change. I'm just like, flip it over, start all over. Love so, that.
0: Give me that energy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I bought a one-way plane ticket to Seattle, packed Ooh. one suitcase, flew out, stayed with friends, and started a whole life here. And I mean, I really thought that was it. I thought I was living the dream. I got my corporate job with my office. I had my, di- or my title and like, People looked up to me. They valued my opinion. They came and asked me questions. I thought I thought it was everything that I wanted. Yeah. And then the pandemic came and it just taught me so much about how misguided my checklist was.
0: Mm, Yeah. We talked about this before too. And I love what you said, Ren. Tell the guests a little bit more about like that that programming especially as millennials of like what is the default checklist in all of our minds right that we put this pressure on ourselves what were those things for you
1: so I mean it's go to college get a degree get the career find somebody get married buy a house have kids like that's what my parents life looked like that's what everybody around me's life looked like and I'm Mm -hmm. like well that's it that's the path
0: yeah It's the, it's the, you know, user guide to life, right? It's like, here you go. This is the way to success and happiness. But yeah, um, yeah, just like you, when COVID came around in the pandemic, and we had that time to ourselves to really kind of look more inwards, the changes that happen that says, Oh, wait a second this user manual is broken (laughs) and we need a new one and there wasn't any other option. And so now we start creating our own user manual for life. So talk to us a little bit about for you, like what was it that happened during the pandemic that created that shift for you?
1: Oh my gosh, everything. Yeah, (laughs) It was just a crazy two years from like 2020 to 2022. I think, America as a society learned a lot about ourselves and what's important, Um, not having to commute to work every day, which just gave me 90 minutes of my life back where I could start painting or writing and doing all these things again.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Not having to sit in like an awful fluorescent office with somebody looking over my shoulder to see if I was working because nobody works for eight hours a day. So what do you do the rest (laughs) of the time? You just like, sit around and chit chat and things like that. But I started taking that more downtime and applying it to things that I enjoy doing, like walking my dogs on my lunch break or gardening and running out to water the plants when I had time between meetings. And so already that was a huge shift for me. And when they started asking to come back to the office, I was like, no, 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 no. But then at the same time, there's been all this reckoning about how we become more inclusive as a society and how that happens in workplaces. And I can say across the board, the patriarchy is strong. The Mm. white patriarchy is strong. And so it's very difficult to exist and succeed as a woman, especially a bisexual woman in Mm. these sort of environments. And so that's why I found it so fascinating that all your guests so far have been women setting out to do this on their own and it's like yeah because society is not really welcoming welcoming us into the old boys club and we can just do it better
0: yeah that's one way looking at it for damn sure i love that you know and it's like i think it's one of those things too where the the pandemic number one allowed us to be able to like get back in touch with ourselves but then it was also the coming out of or i I don't think that we've necessarily come out of the pandemic yet but like the quote unquote going back to the new normal and especially going back to the office place it was like i think so many people will resonate with your story because they also had those like realizations to say wait a second i don't I don't want to go back to that toxicity. I don't want to go back to those fluorescent lights that believe it or not, yes, do actually have an effect on your physical and mental health. Right. Um, and I think your story is one of not only boldness and bravery, but yeah, that true authenticity to say, actually, no, I, I know myself well enough now to know that that's not where I want to be. Right.
1: Exactly.
0: Um. So let's talk about the shift, right? The shift of stepping into this new identity, this more kind of authentic version of yourself. Um, you are now spending your days writing novels. And let's talk about the mindset piece of it. Moving from corporate America, the rat race, the staying in your lane, right? To then being able to create your own path. What were some of the beliefs, the limiting narratives that you had to tackle head on for you to be able to kind of get to this place in your life?
1: That checklist, it really was. It's just <laughs> yeah. the, like the feeling of this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Nobody in my family has ever started a business or been self employed. Like, that's just not what we do. We go get jobs with benefits and live nice, normal, middle class lives. Mm-hmm. And yeah it was just so limiting. And I started seeing people all around me. I have these amazing friends who've started their own businesses and they're really successful. And I'm like, why, why are all these voices telling me no, because she's doing it and she's doing it and she's doing it. I could do it.
0: Mm -hmm. And so
1: really shedding that perception of what life was supposed to look like. And the whole time I was like totally jealous of these people. You see they're having these great adventures. And of course, some of that's the social media effect. And you only show what's the best parts. But I could see in my friends that they were genuinely happier than me. And I was like, Uh, why should I stick to this supposed to do list? Yes. Yeah. I can try something new.
0: Yeah. It's like you you get to that point. Sometimes it's a slow burn and sometimes it's a... Aha moment like a light bulb, where you begin to just like realize, holy shit, everything that I've been taught and told and learned is a big ol' fucking illusion. And (laughs) your version of truth is exactly that your version of truth based on how you've been programmed by your parents, by society, by the education system, by the workplace in capitalistic America. And then you realize one day it's like, okay, wait a second if that's all a lie, then what is true? And then you begin to realize, oh, wait a second, what's true is whatever I create to be true, right? And that's where the big changes begin to happen. Um, And you talked a little bit about this too, Ren, of this very, very common uh, millennial belief that lives in all of us is that the whole idea that my self-worth is tied to my job performance. What did it take for you to break that one?
1: I mean it took it took losing my job. It took getting laid yeah. off and mm. So this was kind of funny. I kind of feel like I manifested this whole thing,
0: mm-hmm. which I don't
1: even really I wouldn't call myself a big believer in things like that. I'm I like things that can be proven.
0: Yeah, I like science.
1: Yeah, but I started saying So when I started writing again in the middle of the pandemic, I told one of my friends, I wish I could just do this full-time for a living. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think anything else of it, went back to work, kept working. And then my husband got laid off on December 31st, 2021. Mm. And I was so mad, not that he got laid off, but that he could sit around at home and get unemployment <laughs> and I had to keep working. Oh my I was gosh. like, this is so unfair. I wish I would just get laid off. Well, be careful what you wish for, because two days after he got a new job offer, I got laid off. And so initially I was devastated because I moved across the country. I built my whole life towards this thing that I thought was going to make me happy. And it had made me so miserable. Mm-hmm. but. Who was I without it? And then the second thing I felt was relief. And it was just like, I can breathe, I can be whoever I want to be. I don't need that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that, what you just said resonates so much. I remember like (laughs) before I left full time work, um, my company went through a a pretty large layoff. This was kind of right in the first year to their uh, COVID. And yeah, when it happened, like there was part of me that was like, oh, you know, thank goodness I'm going to stick around here and still be getting my paycheck. But then there was kind of the other part of me where I was like, if there was ever a chance for me to have gotten unemployment, that was it. <laughs> yeah, I could have put my name at the top of the list. Um But yeah, the other thing that I, that you said that resonates with me so much, and I'm sure so many others that have gone through a similar experience is that whether it's a layoff or whether it's that you choose to leave your job is that for so many of us, including myself, it becomes that shocking moment where you sit down those first few days and weeks after you're no longer working. And it's like, um, uh. What, what am I supposed to be doing right now? What to-do list can I check off for myself right now? Because it's like, I drove myself crazy. And now I realize, well, the reason for that was that my entire identity was my job before. And every you know ounce of energy and minute in my day was spent thinking about work. And then all of a sudden I had 24 hours of my day to think about something besides work. And it drove me insane. Because <laughs> I was like, what do I think about? What do I do? Um, but I think the good news for you is that you had already discovered some of those hobbies and passions during the pandemic. And that moment sounds like was kind of the fuel added to the fire to be able to kind of ignite and bring light to some of those passions and hobbies. Um, talk to the viewers a little bit about like what that journey was like of those first few weeks and months leaving the corporate rat race and stepping into this new, you know, habit, this new lifestyle where you don't have to set an alarm clock.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was really difficult at first and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I'd gotten a decent severance payout. And so I was like, okay, well, I don't have to do anything immediately and I can just sort of chill. It's springtime. Spring in Seattle is amazing. So I'm just going to go hike and have fun and like have my eat, pray, love summer and I'll deal with it later.
0: I And so
1: I started applying to jobs and interviewing. I knew I didn't want to go work back in some capitalist shithole. Like if I was going to be working again, it needed to be nonprofit. But I kept doing all these interviews. And then I would just ghost the interviewer afterwards. (laughs) Super professional. But I was just like, I don't want to do this shit. And I could not get over that. And so finally, I was like, well, if I'm not going to go back to like an office environment or working for people what am I going to do because I do have to do something to make some kind of money and exist and so at that point I started learning more about writing and self-publishing and how it is actually a viable career path even though everything on the internet will tell you it's not Uh and I said you know what let's do it and so I did
0: Right? It's like, you can literally, I say this every time, I'm like, you can literally do anything online and make money these days. And for some reason, we continue to tell ourselves this narrative and this story that in order to be successful in the world, you have to pick from the short list of career options that they gave you, you know, your senior year of high school. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So talk to us a little bit more than Ren. What does a typical day look like for you today? And talk to the audience a little bit more about uh, the types of things that you're writing, because you talked a little bit about um, sapphic romance novels, but I know you're also kind of getting into other genres as well. So what's what's the days look like today for you?
1: Uh, Well, I try to stick to a schedule because it's very easy to just lay around and do nothing. So I (laughs) do... I wake up without an alarm, usually around five in the morning. I just love early, early morning. I'm so productive when nobody else is awake. Mm-hmm. And I just have my coffee. Sometimes I'll do yoga, just enjoy the morning. I'll go out and walk in my garden in the summertime and check on all the plants and make sure things are growing and then sit down and write for two or three hours every day. and then Oh, well cook some lunch, work on some marketing stuff, maybe I'll go hiking in the afternoon, maybe I'll cook something fancy for dinner. Like it's just really wide open. Um, but I do try to sort of stick to a general schedule every day of the things I just mentioned.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the beautiful thing about being self-employed is in the past, I've struggled a lot with anxiety and depression,
0: mm. as I'm
1: sure a ton of millennials have, cause yeah. uh, look at the world. <laughs> But um, with work, you kind of just have to push that down and you have to, like, get better on the weekend and then power through it for 40 more hours. And Mm -hmm. now I'm like, if I'm in one of those depressive waves, I can just not do anything for two or three days. And it passes so much faster because I just give myself what I need to recover and then I can get back into my schedule and start doing things again. I could never recover from a depressive wave when i was working because there was no time to it was just survive
0: holy shit! yeah like the the amount of time of our lives to no fault of our own it's part of just growing up as a millennial in society the amount of time in our lives where all that we have done is shoved down shoved down shoved down because we literally not only do we not have the time but we don't have the energy to deal with all of the emotional trauma and baggage right but yeah, that was one of the biggest things that I realized too is um, anytime nowadays when, because I, I still get fucking burnt out. Don't get me wrong. There are still moments of burnout for me these days. I'm not, uh, I'm not immune to that, but it's the awareness in that moment to say, okay, I need to get in touch with this instead of just pushing it back down and pushing it back down. Because the more you push it down, the more energy it requires to keep all the shit pushed down as opposed to just like, breathe through it. Let's process this. Let's get it out of the way and then get back on the next thing that I want to do. Right. Life-changing. So simple, but fucking life-changing.
1: Yeah. And I have to say, I have not had a panic attack since I stopped working in the corporate world, which mm-hmm. is just like, I mean, it's life-changing. Yeah. It really is.
0: To not wake up at, you know, 3.30 in the morning with automatic panic. uh. Yeah. Uh, So, Ren, I want you to tell a little bit about uh, where viewers can find you. I know you are on Amazon. um, And so where can everybody find out a little bit more about uh, your books and uh, anything else about you?
1: Yeah. So right now I have two sapphic pirate romance novels out and they're both available on Amazon. You can find them by searching Ren Taylor and then sapphic seas romance, or they're the captain's choice and the pirate's pursuit. And then I'm also on TikTok and Instagram at Ren Taylor writes.
0: Love it. Well, Ren, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Like I said, I think it's going to be one of those stories that so many other millennials are going to resonate with. Um, not only the passions and the hobby side of things, but also the identity side uh, of the piece of things as well. So really appreciate you coming on.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You bet. And thank you all so much for listening as well. Um, If you like what you heard, be sure to tell your friends, tell your family, uh, make sure that you share out far and wide. And then you can also go to www.themillennialreset.com to subscribe to the podcast, learn more about upcoming programs um, and be sure to come back next time for the next episode of The Millennial Reset. If you're one of the millions of millennials feeling stuck in a constant state of stress and burnout, then number one, you're not alone. And number two, there is a way out. Be sure to check out www.themillennialreset.com for free online workshops, or you can become a member and join a community of support to learn a better way out of burnout.